Hello and welcome to the Steepoos Benson Podcast. It's great to come to you today. Once again, I'm down in my basement with my little snowball microphone. You know, I love uh, being down here in my basement. I've got my dogs here at my feet. Uh, there's nothing fancy about my little setup. I've got my Macintosh computer and my snowball mic. And uh, sometimes I think uh, maybe I'll have a high-tech studio sometime. But you know what? I kind of like the fact that it's just... It's just me and this little microphone. I kind of feel like it's an underground radio, so to speak. So bear with me and my little fantasy. You know, the purpose of this podcast is to share with you uh, the thoughts and ramblings of my brain. You know, I do a lot of different things. I write, I speak, I preach, I teach. I do. There's a lot of things that I do, but there's still a lot of other ramblings that are going on in my brain and I need some type of outlet to share what I'm thinking and this podcast has been a great way for me to do that but I'm hoping to do more than just kind of talk and share with you what I'm thinking I'm hoping that my thoughts motivate your thoughts and motivate your thinking and maybe out of this conversation that it encourages you maybe to live your life a little bit different. So let's dive in. Um, Today I want to share one more week on my thoughts of ambition. Okay, now this is the last week on ambition. I promise uh, not to go more than that, but ambition has just been on my mind so much lately that I have to, again, kind of get it out of my brain and share it with you. Now, I know for some of you, this is not the time to talk about ambition. I've talked with a lot of uh, parents of little kids, and they're completely overwhelmed. They're homeschooling kids, you know. They're uh, sheltering in place. You know, they're just they have to take things a day at a time, and and I get that. You know, for these people, it's hard to be productive. They're just uh, wrestling with their kids. They're trying to get their work done working from home, and it's just. The thought of ambition is just not where they are. So if this is you, then I need to say bless you. You know, don't worry about ambition. You need to take a Sabbath rest. You know, be in the presence of this day. Enjoy the moment and bask in the glory of just being alive. Go outside. Take a breath. Lock your kids in their bedroom or something. Just get outside and enjoy a breath. You know, and maybe all of us should be doing this. Maybe at some point, hopefully we are all going outside and we are enjoying some time walking, walking the dog, running. Phoebe and I are running every day. I just, it's just good to be outside to, when we're sheltering in place to be outside. You know, one of the things uh, I love is the uh, studies that show that the, the pollution on the planet has eased in cities during the sheltering in time. Uh, wildlife has had a rest from human contact. Everybody seems to be taking a Sabbath. It's good for us. So if you are in a place where you just can't talk about ambition, then maybe you need to take a rest, tune into this podcast, maybe at another time, uh, this conversation, and, uh, and catch it again later on. But however, if you're like me, and you have your jets charged up by this time of sheltering in place, then I want to engage you and talk about ambition. Because during this time of sheltering in place, to use a phrase by Donald Miller, I I study a lot of Donald Miller. Uh, Miller teaches, he says, let's use this time of sheltering in place to hit play, not pause. 
you know, it really struck a chord with me when I heard him say that to to hit play, not pause, because maybe the pause is just having to be inside all the time. But man, my brain is on hyperspeed playing all different kinds of scenarios, uh, thinking through what I want to be doing, where I want to be going when the sheltering in place is over. I'm hitting play, not pause. And so let's talk about ambition. The first week we talked about the positive and negative aspects of ambition. We need to have a healthy attitude towards ambition. We cannot let our ambitions turn into a blind sense of narcissism. Uh, last week I interviewed my daughter Kelsey, someone who has a lot of ambition. I'm hoping that you enjoy that interview. You know what's really interesting is I learned a lot about my daughter through that interview. Uh, what I take from that interview was her sense of leaning into her challenges on her trip to Nepal. And I love that. When you're faced with an obstacle that seemed overwhelming, instead of fleeing and going the other way, she said, lean into the challenge. Her sense of ambition helped her navigate through her challenges. I just love how her ambition has led her to work on a COVID unit and how she motivates others through her sense of ambition. It's almost as if her ambition rubs off on other people. You know, today I want to spend some time reflecting on uh, ambition as a response to where we find meaning in life. What we discern, what gives us meaning, our drive to acquire this meaning drives our sense of ambition. I've been reading a quote, uh, I've been meditating rather, on a quote these past few weeks I want to share with you. It's by Stephen Pressfield in his book, Turning Pro. He said, Ambition, I have come to believe, is the most primal and sacred fundamental aspect of our being. To feel ambition and to act upon it is to embrace the unique calling of our souls. Not to act upon that ambition is to turn our backs on ourselves and the reason for our existence. Man, what a great quote. I just love it. Let me kind of unpack it a little bit according to how I see it. So he first says, ambition, I've come to believe, is the most primal and sacred fundamental aspect of our being. I just so agree with that. Ambition is primal. It's an archetype of our being. If there wasn't ambition residing inside of us, we'd still be living in a cave somewhere. The drive to excel, to improve ourselves and the world around us is a key to our survival. It's been imprinted inside of us. It's primal. He said ambition is a sacred fundamental aspect of our being. The drive to excel is sacred because I believe it's given to us by God. I mean, I think God is ambition. How, ambitious. How could you not look at the natural world and not see ambition? How can you not look at the expanding cosmos and not see an ambitious God working? Consider the, I mean, the, like the process of evolution, the drive for the species of the world to evolve, to improve. You know, I'm not a, a, a scientist, um, but I remember from high school the law of entropy. It's one of the main laws of thermodynamics. And if I'm remembering right, it says that all things are eventually running down. Eventually all things are going to fall apart. You know, I remember that, but I'm not a physicist. But for me, it's contrary to what I see in ambition. When I see an ambitious God, when I see an ambitious world, everything is trying to move forward. Everything is evolving forward. There's 
forward movement in the planet. It's not running down, it's moving forward. So a new uh, law of thermodynamics for Pooge Benson is that everything is moving forward. God is moving forward. You know, so uh, go back to the quote by Pressfield. To feel ambition and to act upon it is to embrace the unique calling of our souls. I also love this. Ambition is the unique calling of our soul. What's the unique calling of your soul? It's the notion that your soul was put into your body by God to do something. God gave you the choice to be ambitious. Sometimes I think God giving us this choice was the biggest hairball decision by God because some people choose to take the easy path and to choose not to use their ambition to bring about their life purpose, their sacred call for their soul. I mean, we have to engage our ambition. And when we do, we tap into something that is soul deep. It's soul deep. Our ambition is soul deep. It connects us to our reason for being sent from God. And then the last phrase, he says, not to act upon ambition is to turn our backs on ourselves and the reason for our existence. You know, I think Pressfield is saying that when we do not engage our ambition, we turn away from fulfilling our purpose, our reason for being sent into the world. You know, as I always say, this is kind of a, a just a primal thing for me. It's part of my sum. It's in my book, Sent to Soar, that I just really believe that we've been sent into the world to do something profound, that we've been given gifts and skills and abilities and God has sent us here with the dream that we would do something with us and fulfill it. And to not use our ambition is to turn our backs on that purpose. To turn our backs on the reason for our existence. And maybe, uh, kind of, maybe it's to turn our backs on God. That instead, God is propelling us into the future and wants us to engage that. You know, for me, this is why I believe... Um, Ambition trumps talent every time. And you might be ha you might have gifts. You might be a really talented somebody, but if you do not have the drive to fulfill it, then you will never achieve your life's meaning. You have to have the drive to use your gifts that God has given to you. You have to use your gifts to ex to excel and to achieve something greater. I'll never forget uh, one of my mentors when I was uh, a young minister. I Gosh, maybe I was 25, 26. I had known him through college, and he came to me once, and he said to me, he said, you know, Steve, don't rely on your gifts. He says, you have got great gifts, but don't rely upon your gifts. He says, you've got to use them. You've got to hone them. You've got to develop your gifts. Don't rely upon them. And I go, I've really taken that to heart throughout my life. You know, one of my um, heroes is Michael Jordan. I think I mentioned this before where uh, Michael Jordan is a great basketball player with so many gifts. His ambition was to be the greatest. And so he was the first one on the basketball court. He was the last one off the basketball court. You know, he practiced, practiced, practiced honing his craft. And that's, you know, that's what I try to do with my preaching and teaching. I just try to hone it, hone it, hone it um, to get to get to the place where I'm excelling in this. That's why, for me, ambition trumps talent every time. 
You know, um, another thought I have about ambition is ambition and initiative. I believe that when that ambition leads to initiative. Often, you know, we can't wait for someone else to provide the answer or the insight. You know, we tell people or people tell us, be patient, hold back, wait. And I get that. There is a time to wait. There is a time to be patient. But there also is a time to take initiative, to be creative. You know, sometimes I think, you know, we are the right ones who have the right insight at the right time that the rest of the group, the rest of the community, maybe your business, your organization needs and they, they won't have it unless you take the initiative to bring about your ambition. So I think about the movie uh, Hidden Figures. I love that movie about the African-American women who worked for NASA. Uh, they were outsiders. They were women. They were African-American women. And the male-dominated culture wanted to put them on the outside. But instead... They worked so hard to bring their gifts and skills to the inside of NASA. And because they took the initiative, because they had ambition to overcome racial and gender bias, they continually put themselves out there. They overcame the odds. They had the right answers that they needed for NASA to excel, all because of their initiative, their drive, and their ambition. So I think it's, it's a powerful thing to have ambition, to take the initiative. It makes me think all, all the time, where do I need to take initiative? Where do I need to go beyond just being patient and take the first leading steps out into some unknown territory? You know, I, um, let me go biblical for a few moments. Uh, you know I had to go to the Bible at some point. And I did some uh, research on this, and I was kind of taken aback by what I found. Uh, the Bible is actually very leery of ambition. Paul says in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Um, I went, hmm, okay, there, there's that what I was talking about the first Sunday, selfish ambition. Then in Galatians 5.19.21, Paul says, uh, selfish, he puts selfish ambition, get this up with impurity, debauchery, sexual immorality, idolatry, witchcraft, dissension, factions, drunkenness, orgies. And he goes on and on and on. You know, and he says that if we have selfish ambition, we're going to be just like these people and we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I thought to myself, when I, when I read that, I went, whoa, is that a warning against selfish ambition? I think that you know, that's a warning for all of us to uh, make sure that we're not acting out of our own sense of ego, our own sense of narcissism. Because, you know, who wants to be that person? Who wants to hang around people who are always into themselves and, and doing things because out of their own sense of aggrandizement? I mean, I don't want to be that. I hate to be around that kind of people. Instead, I want to use my ambition to bring about my own personal dreams, but also the dreams of others, dreams for the good of others. Again, we keep on going with the Bible. Paul says um, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.11, I really love this one. He says, make, him, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. And 
<laughs> I found this to be so fascinating coming from someone who is one of the most ambitious people in the entire New Testament. He was not one who led a quiet life. He was a loudmouth. He travels throughout the Mediterranean, spreading the news about Jesus, setting up churches and teaching people a new way of life. He was the last person to lead a quiet life. He took tremendous initiative in his work. I mean, often to the chagrin of people around him, um, you know, the, uh, the church in Jerusalem was so at odds with the things that he was doing. They wanted uh, the followers of Jesus to say like a small sect within Jerusalem. And he was saying, no, I want to take it beyond. I want to take it throughout the Mediterranean. And it caused a, a fight. His ambition caused a fight with the, within the church of Jerusalem. But eventually they came to the point where he said, okay, go. And he did. I mean, he went. He shared the message of Jesus everywhere he went. He was a loud mouth. And he established all these churches, and Christianity flourished precisely because the Apostle Paul did not lead a quiet life, because he took the initiative, because he was an ambitious, ambitious human being. Now, so I was thinking, so maybe all these teachings that he has about uh, selfish ambition and leading a quiet life is... Maybe he was caught up in his own shadow. Maybe he wondered about his own ambition and was it selfish. But, uh, and that was kind of what reigned him back in. But uh, I, I, I think he was just hugely ambitious and the church needed him to be ambitious. The church, church needed somebody with Paul's vision and energy and ambition to actually bring about the church. Uh, if it wasn't for Paul and his ambition and, and initiative, we wouldn't be here. Thank goodness he had ambition. You know, I'm thinking about, a lot about ambition and the uh, COVID-19 virus. Maybe it's because, again, I'm sheltering in place like I'm in my office. It's kind of like a bomb shelter down here in the basement. i got this little window looking out. But I have my uh, computer and my computer screen set up. And I've got a little stereo speaker and my dogs are here. So it's kind of like a bomb shelter down here. That I'm thinking about COVID and I'm thinking about ambition. But you know, um, if we don't have ambition, we'll never overcome this virus. People need to be ambitious about working to so serve those who are ill and dying. We need ambition to find a cure. We need nations who are ambitious to work and collaborate together to find a solution. What we need is for countries and companies to not work out of their own selfish greed to come up with a vaccine first. I mean, if we're racing, if companies are racing to come up with a vaccine so they can claim to be the first one, it's like, I mean, that's just stinks. That's not what this is all about. The planet needs them working together, collaborating together. Can we please be ambitious together? You know, we need the average citizens to be ambitious about not spreading disease. You know, this is, uh, it makes me nuts that people are not taking this seriously. You know, when I record this, uh, this podcast, um, the other day, uh, Governor Polis, and I guess governors around the United States are releasing, uh, easing the restrictions on the sheltering in place and inviting some businesses to open. And my concern is that uh, young people or people are going to take this as carte blanche just to fling themselves back in the way life was before the sheltering in place and before the virus. And that's just going to cause 
a spike in the virus again and more people are going to get sick and more people are going to get die. I mean, uh, I'm just going to be so cautious in how I release myself out of my basement back out into the world. You know, I want to be so cautious about this idea. So, but even though I'm cautious, I'm still ambitious. I want to be ambitious. You know, for me, um, I'm feeling a lot of ambition out of the COVID-19 virus because um, I, I need to be ambitious because of the church, because of Columbine United Church, because of Columbine United Church and literally churches across the globe. This virus is forcing us to communicate in different ways. You know, for the past six weeks, it's been a time of innovate or die. You know, I know in the beginning that there were a few churches who just decided to take a break for a couple of weeks, that this all was going to blow by, and they were going to re-engage the church, re-engage their congregations after the COVID virus passed. Well, those churches are dead. If they haven't figured out a way to get on board and get going uh, with their congregations and communicating, those churches are going to die. And so Columbine, what I love about Columbine is that I really feel that we've taken the initiative. We have used the staff's gifts and talents in ways that I haven't seen before. I mean, this staff is so cohesive that we have right now. We keep on saying, what is the new thing we do? How can we work together? Every week at staff meeting, you know, we're on Zoom meetings. We always say, okay, what's the new thing that we should be doing? How can we look three months, four months, six months down the road, this past uh, staff meeting, this past week, we were talking about what if the COVID virus means that we have to shelter in place, not shelter in place, but have social distancing, you know, out into September. You know, what that means is that the church will not be able to get together because we can't shelter and we can't, sorry, we can't have a social distance and people come to the sanctuary. You know, if they're going to limit it to a 15, 20 people gathering together, even 50 people gathering together. It's going to be hard to do church. Um, we it, we might need to think about doing church, waiting to do church until September. Okay, so what that means for us as a staff, how do we take the initiative? How can we be ambitious? How can we be out on the front? As the leader of the congregation, I want to be literally out on the point. I want to be out there with my staff innovating, being creative. In fact, I tell the staff that literally the only thing that is limiting us is our own creativity. The only limitation we have is our own creativity. The more that we can be creative, the more that we can spread our minds and spread our imaginations and develop future, the more we can minister to the church. But it comes from innovation, initiative, creativity, and ambition. You know, um, personally, I've been ambitious my whole life. It helps me, it has helped me fulfill my dreams. You know, I've had a bucket list for my whole life. Uh, my ambition has allowed me to fulfill some of these dreams. I've gotten a doctorate. I've built a log home. I've written three books. I've raised my kids. I've loved my wife. I've built the church. I've uh, formed lifelong, lasting relationships with people. I've traveled around the world all out of sense of ambition, the drive to succeed and to discover new and different things. So I, I'm hoping I'm not being uh, 
selfish with my ambition, but my ambition has helped me succeed and fulfill this. You know, now I also need the need to chill. Um, I know the need to be still. Uh, this is why I study Buddhism and Taoism. They both kind of balance my ambition. They they teach me to allow things to unfold naturally and to be calm. You know, I sit and meditate. I pray, and I'm still, I try to do that every single day. And they are a good balance to my sense of ambition. But oftentimes at the end of my meditation, I have a whole list of ideas that I want to do and fulfill. And I'm busy writing down. It's like my uh, quiet brain has fueled my active brain. And my Buddhist teacher would be just like rolling her eyes at me <laughs> out of my active mind from my uh, quiet mind. So, ambition. Where is your ambition? What is your dream? What is on your bucket list? What would it take to light a fire underneath you and get you going? You know, one of the most ambitious people I know is my 88-year-old mother-in-law sitting in a teeny tiny little assisted living here in Littleton. That little old woman has a great deal of ambition. For the past 30 years, she has written a weekly column for four newspapers. She started back in uh, Winchester, Kentucky, and now she writes for the one in Kentucky. She writes for one in Fairplay, one in Chaffee County, and in Buena Vista, and then the fourth one, I can't remember. Anyways, the point is, is that this is her life purpose. This is what she lives for. At 88, she still lives for writing every single week. She's ambitious about her writing. It keeps her going. And I think if an 88-year-old woman can be ambitious, then maybe, just maybe, you can be ambitious as well. So I'm going to keep my ego in check. You know, I'm not going to work out a selfish ambition. I really don't want to be a narcissist, for heaven's sake. But I'm going to envision new ideas and technology. I'm going to work to bring them to fruition. I'm going to take the initiative and I'm going to allow my ambition to drive me forward. Will you do that? Will you allow your ambition to drive you forward? That's my podcast for today. Thanks for listening. Now, I hope uh, you're I hope you're kind of fired up a little bit. You know, there's so many different ways for you we uh, for we for us to connect. You know, you can read my blog. I write a blog uh, a couple times a week. It's you can find it on my Facebook page um, or the church's Facebook page, or you can go directly to Steve's Cowboy Jesus blogspot.com you can uh, visit my website www.stephenpoosbenson.com I'm on Twitter Steve Poos Benson Instagram and Facebook so there's a lot of different ways to connect with one another alright there we go for another week be ambitious take care we'll see ya